0: its host or any of the companies they represent now today on the show we have near-death experiencer larrick ebanks larrick's story is quite remarkable because he was placed into a coma because of covid for months and while he was in his coma what he saw on the other side i think is going to leave you a little speechless let's dive in I'd like to welcome to the show, Leric Ebanks. How you doing, Leric?
1: Okay, and it's lovely to meet you, finally meet you, Alex. I'm doing well, I'm doing well.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. You have had an extraordinary journey that you're gonna be sharing with all of us today, and I really appreciate you coming out and doing that for us. Uh, So my first question to you, my friend, is what was your life like prior to your near-death experience?
1: I've always been into some form of meditation, sensitive type but I'm a singer and a songwriter so music plays a big part of my life so I guess being a creative you tend to live a creative kind of life so I'd say you know a bit of grounded through meditation regular life good family um you know good family um and I get well with my family I, I think my parents did a good job with us with the struggles that they had, they did the best they could do and stuff. But yeah, I've had quite a a decent upbringing and uh, an interesting kind of life through the eyes of a shy, initially shy guy who's come more and more out of his shell, really, so yeah.
0: Were you you religious or spiritual, uh, very spiritual or religious prior?
1: My parents um, are from Jamaica. So, you know, you can imagine and came to the UK in the mid fifties. And uh, yeah, going to church every Sunday was mandatory, whether you wanted to go or not. But I'll be honest, I found the joy within the singing part of the church. Um, but I was always thrown with the the preaching, let's say. I felt um, It didn't completely resonate with me. So I wouldn't say I'm religious as such, I'm very spiritual, but obviously mm-hmm. at a younger age, you don't really know what you are as such, you're just feeling it all out. But there was always something you know, you know, no, no um, you know, disrespect to what people's beliefs are, sure. but uh, I just, I just knew some of the teachings just didn't resonate with me as such. But the singing part, I was all for. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very
0: good. So yeah, tell yeah. me, so tell me about your near death experience. What led up to it?
1: Ooh, well, that I've I've been out of hospital. It's just turning eight months now.
0: Oh wow! So it's pretty. Fr- uh, this is pretty fresh. It's pretty fresh. So I'm
1: still figuring it out. So if you can bear with me a little bit here, because sure. all the experiences, you know, very interesting. I've been writing it down since being in hospital. Um, but it's still, I'm still processing a lot being out and I've got some physical challenges that are not visible, but, but, um, yeah, it was the year because I was in hospital for 11 months. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to think of the year where were we was 23. So two thousand and twenty one. November, I came down with what they termed COVID pneumonia, severe, just wow. severe. Nine days build up to that. I wasn't feeling well. It was recognized with people around me. Larry, you need to see a doctor. I was struggling breathing. I was feeling I couldn't meditate it and find my way through it. But yeah, by day nine, I just couldn't really move. I couldn't breathe. My, what I call her, my sister, my dear, dear friend, sister of mine, um, call the ambulance, and from there, bit of a blur. <laughs> I remember going into the ambulance. I remember the oxygen. I remember thinking, "Oh, the way they're behaving, they're picking something up here." But I was like, ah, "Okay, got into hospital, and I was almost rushed to ICU." Um, I think I don't. I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I did a night in the in the ward, and then morning uh, ICU. What I heard was, okay, because I got induced into a coma, I was in a coma for three months. Um, but what I heard was three days. And I don't remember doing this, but I apparently I texted my brother, my what I call a sister, and uh, my best friend, Marina. And um, I said to them, oh, I'm getting induced to a coma for three days. i see you on the other side. Something to that, to that effect, which then turned into three months, and that's where... I started to experience a lot
0: of what I've been writing down. Um, so, t- all right, so then do this. So, so I was in a
1: coma, basically. Sorry, uh, three three months in ICU for five.
0: Sorry. So, you so you go into the hospital, you basically fall into a coma, and you're out induced, for three months. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, it's yeah. induced. So, it's an induced it's coma.
1: Induced. It's induced because it was so severe. Lots of liquid on my lungs and. Um, yeah, hardened uh, lungs. And oh, wow. what helped save my life is is a thing called, what a lot of people don't know, it's an ECMO machine. It's a machine, I've still got the marks there, which is mm-hmm. they plug it into your neck, it, it takes the blood out, oxygenates it, and then puts,
0: yeah, puts it back seen, into the
1: body. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've so I'm so it, yeah. grateful
0: for that machine. Yeah, so, okay, so, so yeah, because you just weren't getting oxygen into your system. So yeah, this exactly machine that. was the only thing oxygenating your, your blood at this yeah, point. yeah. So, you're going to your coma, and what's the first thing you remember? What's the first thing in this experience?
1: Right. So, I just remember being told telepathically, this is an endurance test. You've got to make your way back to Earth. It's the first thing I heard. So, a triathlon. Yeah.
0: You're triathlon. A triathlon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Ironman. <laughs> an Ironman. A spiritual Ironman. Got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of and
1: then just I kept it was like Groundhog Day from there because I just kept waking up in this room with other people like in this rehearsal and I just kept waking up in this room rehearsing and the test that first test was a mental test was um, I had to figure out how I got into the room but I just remember every time I woke up my first feelings or thoughts were just want to wake up in my apartment and then it came to me i came here for an audition right and they it was correct and then i went straight on to another test because i had so many experiences and i just remember the second test being more one of physical strength and with weights involved with it and i had to move weights from one position to another on these boards but um i i initially felt like i couldn't do it and i think that's where i was Conscious that there was something going on with me physically, that I didn't have that kind of strength. And plus, um, my physical strength isn't what I tend to use in life in general anyway, sort of thing of, you know, it's. Um, so I struggled with the idea of being able to move the, the weights and uh, which became a bit of a concern. And then telepathically, I was told in a life, in another life, I was the strongest, strongest man in the world. And that idea came in. And what I've come to understand is as my guides were giving me information, as I was having tests, but the information was about remembering, remembering who I truly am and who we truly are and the magic that's inside of us, because that starts playing out as I have a lot of experiences. I was constantly being guided. So given tests that were humiliation tests, and um, torture tests and just and some really nice situations but um, I'm coming to understand I was really living out a lot of my fears in other dimensions and sent to the situations and living them out because I I, I was told that part of me exists somewhere so I was Mm -hmm. kind of stepping into it and yeah
0: so you were kind of going through a gauntlet if you will that you needed to kind of experience, and this is a way for them to kind of supercharge and super speedy way to, to experience a lot of this stuff. Very, very speedy way, very speedy yeah Yeah, because this takes, yeah, yeah. this could take lifetimes, multiple lifetimes yeah. to experience a lot of the things that you were kind of going through. This is fascinating. I haven't heard of a near-death experience like this before. So, okay, so I've kind of heard a couple of times, I've heard one or two things, but not this, Endurance, kind of Iron Man, spiritual Iron Man. That you're going there was,
1: there was, there was a lot going on. There was, a, there's a lot of experiences. It's, it's really hard to go through, because every kind of situation has this build up story to it. That's why, even when I came out of the coma, I was almost immediately writing once I could move, because I couldn't move and I couldn't talk. Sure, sure. But even, even think a thing called
0: the God test. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: Where I was tested, I'm just trying to tap into this memory actually, which I was tested where um, I had to, I was being asked certain questions. And um, when I finished answering the question, I had to say, one, two, three, God, immediately. Like it was like, uh, answer one, two, three, God then the what they were terming lower frequency beings that were interacting with me, they were trying to get me to say the word COD. I know it sounds a bit mm-hmm. strange, but that was... So if I had to quickly say, one, two, three, God, but I said, one, two, three, COD, it would then take me into a realm um, where they reside... And be more within their belief system, let's say. But I just remember that, and really having to be concentrated and very focused on the word God, because they'd ask this question and get my mind into the question, more of the question. So I'd have to be thinking more, figuring out an answer, and then immediately go one, two, three, God. And they they play this a lot with me initially. I just wanted to. I just. Just wanted to um put that out there because that was a that was there was a lot of challenges and that was one in particular that um I'm just kind of came back into my memory bank I've written it down and, but yeah
0: sorry so you're going through all of these challenges at what point do you kind of what happens after you kind of go through this gauntlet it's 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 it's
1: like test after test experience after experience because you know being shown like what was considered the fifth dimension Mm -hmm. And I had an experience there which looked very much like the Earth life, um, but was suggested that I could be of a lot of use there. There's there's a lot of development going on there. What I could bring there with the person that I am um, could be very beneficial to me because it was kind of on offer of where I would go. Because where I would go just depends of how well I was doing and how I could really step up um, which I'm becoming, which I'm beginning to understand the more that I'm living with what I've experienced, um, was really setting me up for the work that I'm beginning to do n- now, there's a lot of charity work and things I'm doing in general, but i I'm recognizing that when I first came out the coma and trying to make sense of it, it was so heady. it can still be that for me. but it was a cathartic for me to write it down. And I was writing because I was just getting downloads and suggesting I needed to write, write the experiences, but also telling me why. So I've got in that jolly in my book. I think they call it automatic writing, where um, guides of mine were suggesting into this and kind of connecting dots for me because it's just a lot of information, a lot of information there. Yeah. Well, let, me, uh,
0: let me ask you. Let me ask you this though. So during this whole process, did you have? guides with you or was it just more telepathic communication with some some something?
1: So there was a lot of telepathy going on, voices. My mother showed up, um, I've just shared this with you but bless her she's just passed but she was with mm-hmm. me as in um, during my time in hospital and she showed up a lot. She was able to unknowingly to her when I mentioned it to her when I came out of the coma and we were talking Uh, She was kind of jumping into the realities with me, help me back. So my mom played a big part in the way that I was coming back to Earth. I'm kind of fast forwarding a little bit because there's so much information, but all the scenarios and and situations and different realms and experiences. uh, My mother would show up because there there were some beings, which they were referring to as low energy beings, that were very... Um, insistent that I join uh, their realm and be a part of that. And, and, and <clears throat> in these dimensions that I was being shown, um, the more I could raise my frequency into a higher dimension, they wouldn't be able to reach me. But initially, when I went into the coma, and the initial experiences, I was kind of very vulnerable let's say floaty and trying to find my my way in what was going on and comprehending it so it's almost like these beings kind of oh there is this new whatever they want to say that i am consciousness or you know here and trying to reach me and they were torturing me i had moments where i was tortured and human information and hum- humiliation tests and um, what I came to find out, because I was jumping, I would say jumping, traveling to different realms and trying to reach higher realms so I could eventually get away from them because they were following me on different dimensions and different realms, managing to find me, almost hunting me. And I was raising for each frequency, which I managed to do. But then when I was on this, in this torture chamber say, and I was on this table, the head of the beings kind of left this room, the space we were in, and the rest of them there, I overheard them talking, basically, why I was there was they were saying that they needed my light, that they had messed up a little bit and um, wanting to raise their frequencies, but they needed light beings, this is what they were saying, the energy and the frequency to work with and that, it's because that was a, that was a sign showing me compassion coming through even through the darkest state states there is still a form of love which i learned is divine love which we we're a part of i was told that later on but the build up to all of that i've just found myself in these situations that just were initially feeling very unbearable to me so they kind of let the cat out of the bag by saying it's because we want your light. And showing that compassionate side, the head came in of the beings and was really angry. Like this is not up for discussion, especially in, in front of me. And, and this whole thing got really angry and tortured me more. But what what that gave me, funny enough, because I'm, I'm I've had time to really go into it a bit more. But I was understanding that I was constantly being shown that um, you know, in our deepest fears, there is a hope there. There is hope in all of it. If we if we look, if we really go into detail, there's always a light there. There always is, even when you feel hopeless, there is always hope. And I can say that now, I can have said that when I was first talking about this when it came out, I was just talking everything the way it was, what happened. And it was like this, and it was like this, there was this good moment, there wasn't. But now I've softened it because I've had communication with guides kind of just spurring me on, you know. A wonderful experience that I had during the time in the coma, um, I was sent three sets of wings, angel wings, three different occasions. And this is when I was making sense, again, where physically I wasn't able to move because I'm floating in dimensions, but I've also recognized I have an awareness of the hospital and some of what was happening there which was confirmed to me later on when I came out the camera with things that were said and I said, and they said, well, actually, and I've had those moments. The first time the wings came to me, they kind of came by the window, outside the window of the hospital. And I heard telepathically that all I needed to do was just to open my arms, which would suggest that I'm ready to receive, to cross over, because it was about crossing over. And I couldn't. And I was so frustrated in that because I wasn't quite sure why, but I knew something's up physical. That's why I was making a connection. So I couldn't. And there was two other attempts. There was an attempt by the third time where they I heard and they were suggesting. When I say they, it's like a it's telepathic, it's it's like my guides. It's it's there's there's a voice within the voice, and they were suggesting that if they sent someone to me if i could simply hold on to the back of the person they could cross me over basically and um i was agreeing to that because by then with a lot of the experiences because there's so many to talk about um i did want to cross over i was definitely there which i eventually did
0: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show
1: um so yeah but I couldn't manage that either so there was a lot of frustrations there for me also so you
0: know. when you were, so when you were going again through all of this it just seems like you had almost endless amounts of experiences during these 3 months at what point did did how did this and or did you go to a, after you did you pass all the tests? Obviously, you're here. So there like, where of, did you go? Sorry. Just yeah, so where did you just, go? There was just a lot of situations.
1: And um, so I eventually crossed over via a light, a light that came. And I had to connect with the light. Mm-hmm. Because I was lying there. And I crossed over that way. And then I was shown half of my life review. Okay. Which was in, which was interesting because they showed me an image of me when I was younger. I think I was eight years old, something like that. And I had a wizard's hat on, purple wizard's, wizard's hat that my dad had brought me. And they were reminding me of the magic that was in me, that's in everybody. And, and, and we should always tap into that and remember that. They showed me a scenario of how it looks, of our behaviors, how we affect other people. The one they showed me was there was a guy who used to live on my street when I was younger. I think it was about... 12, 11, 12, he had come and knocked my door for something and I opened the door and the mean part of me, um, because he went to put his foot on the step, the front door step, and I kind of nudged it as to suggest you can't come in for whatever reasons. He hadn't done anything to me in particular. Maybe somebody had been mean to me and I was passing that on. I don't know, but I did that. And then I had to watch how it affected him, what it did to him. Now it didn't ruin his life, but it made him feel unlikable and what, and I had to witness that and, and recognize feel. that, yeah, and feel it and know what our actions, how our actions, even on the simplest forms, how it affects another. So I was shown that. Um, and they went off with a lot of stuff there. And uh, yeah, which was very heady, if you have a head, <laughs> but it was very, it was a lot because I just remember I was going, this is a lot. It was a lot of information, and uh, yeah, so
0: yeah, that was um, so, so you see, you're, you're, you're so are, when you're doing this life review, are you with somebody? Is anybody with you? Yeah, yeah, well,
1: I got called in by and in, in the room, and there was two guys there, and what seemed like a lot of paper initially, but I don't know if that's just the kind, I don't know why the paper, but it seemed to be a lot of paper, but then I saw like. It played out almost like a movie in front of me. Mm-hmm. So it went from that. And I think that's why I thought it was such a lot. Because I just saw lots of information about my life. And I was like, I was like, that's a lot. You know, it was like, whoa, you know, and then I watched some things being played out. So um, yeah, it's um but who were the other two people in the room? I they weren't familiar to me. They weren't familiar to me. It was just um sent to do the job. It was, Mm. they just, they knew of me, Um, didn't feel like, it was, it just, I don't know why, but it just felt like that was their job,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? It was like, that's the job that they do. They've been assigned to do because they didn't feel familiar to me. And I didn't feel them very compassionate to me being overwhelmed either. It was like, this is it, you know? But I didn't, I didn't feel judged. There was nothing to do with judgment. And then I was told there was no judgment. That's another situation. There is no judgment. It's something that we've created, that idea of judging each other. Um, so I didn't feel judged in that moment, but I just had to handle it and and review it and and like understand it. And I was like, I was there was moments where it was like, ah, okay, if I'd done that, that's a different outcome. Because they reference the movie sliding doors. Mm-hmm. That parallel living they reference that how how it can look when we make different choices but the point they were trying to make with me was if we can be honest like truly honest with our truth and speak it the outcome is completely different you know it's not like you, you have um you, you your life goes completely pear-shaped it just takes you off the the real balance of what your heart desires so here we are why doesn't this happen in my life and stuff like that but if you check you're not always being really fully honest and the suggestion is is if we can be honest we experience what our heart desires and uh, that made sense to me that resonated with me because they referenced also like an example of me exaggerating a day on something something that simple like if you've done something and you in, in five days and you're exaggerated by another day. That's an exaggeration. It kind of puts you off from the 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 outcome of your next given move, your next situation. They were being very specific with this because they were trying to show me that the things that I asked for uh, in life, they're all there. and We came here to to align with that. But life circumstances throw us off sync. And um, we operate not really from a completely honest uh, point of view. Um, because so, of him.
0: so after your after your life review, where did you go? Yes, crossing over.
1: So I can bet Yeah, because there's too much to this story, Alex, it really is to me. So I crossed over. And I was shown an, an amazing place. And when I say an amazing place, I didn't get to go into what I could observe from the outside. It was almost like a wall, but like an invisible wall. It was like an energy wall. But I knew there was a lot of energy beings inside. I could sense it. I could feel it. And I could see beams of light coming from it. And I really wanted to join. I really wanted to be in there. It looked like it was going to be like the best party on the planet. And I don't mean that kind of party, just, just a lot of love, I felt the love. And what I considered, what I would say was a divine, um, said to me twice, um, it isn't your time, this is not your time. Twice I was told that. And as that was being said to me, I found myself working my way back, kind of coming into my body And struggling with that idea of having seen something so beautiful and magical, which which words truly cannot explain, really. Um, But here's the thing of elements that really helped me to come back. As I was coming back into my body, um, I was told, use your God breath. And I've never heard that before. I don't know if it's out there and maybe I should Google that. I don't know. But I heard, use your God breath. Because I was really struggling coming back in. I was hearing all the prayers that was going on, because a lot of people were supporting me, even people who didn't know me, because I've been, you know, in a coma for three months and it was going on, it was just a long thing. And you know, the doctors had put out there and through my circle of people that I had a 10% chance of living. Mm-hmm. I was on an ECMO machine where you're meant to be on no longer than I think it's something like, what is it? I need to, I. I won't say exactly because I don't, it's it's in Google. You can Google that. But I I did 36 days more than you're allowed to, let's say, because mm-hmm. my body was requiring that. So as I was coming in, I heard <clears throat> use my God breath. And they were talking about this deep belly breathing that resides in the bottom of your stomach. Deep belly breathing, that's the God breath. And they were constantly reminding me because I was trying to figure what is that? And the panic set in. I'm hearing, and I've heard from doctors, there was a lot happening when I was coming around, like on machines going off the scale and stuff like that. Is he hemorrhaging? You know, this whole thing was going on. But I heard the God breath, deep belly breathing. And then they uh, they were showing me and suggesting when I'm sleeping, I don't need to think about that. There is a breath that breathes the body. Trust that. Always giving me analogies so I could comprehend it. Because when you hear use the God breath, it's like, what is that? Where's the... Where's the, mm-hmm, the book mm-hmm. on this? So they were always giving me analogies about that. So I just basically then had to surrender to what was. I was in complete surrender because I didn't know where it was all going to go. But I did ask also if I was going to be disabled that I didn't want to come back. If I was going to come back into a disabled body, I didn't want to come back. here. There was a lot of stuff going on with me. And they just asked me to surrender and trust my God breath, uh, which I did do. Uh, and yeah, and, and that's how I kind of came back fully into my body, uh, which wasn't functioning at the time. And uh, there were.
0: So when you were still on the other side, you went to this kind of amazing yeah. place. Did you see anybody else there or did you see anything like other souls? Did you see many you- masters? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor- now, back to the show.
1: Well, one of the wonderful experiences that I did have, because did have, I'm kind of, you know, talking a lot about the darker stuff, what would have happened. But um, I had a moment where I assisted what I consider to be like the Jesus figure. So I was, I got the, you know, I was fortunate enough to, um, I was on this rooftop and I just got to witness souls living, leaving, the earth plane, and just souls rising up. And then I looked to my right and I saw what I call the Christ image as a portal and souls leaving that way. So I saw souls in that respect. At the end, when I crossed over and I was with what I consider to be the divine, which was just this all-knowing, it's just even talking about it, it just... You could almost get emotional because it's such a beautiful moment and a feeling. Um, And it wasn't people physically per se. It was light. It was lots of light, but you knew it was energies and like a consciousness, but lots of them within this, like I say, energetic wall. And I was this side and I was close and I was walked to it with like a divine. It was it was like a silhouette divine I was walking with. There was no other people walking with me. It was just me and this, the image, but more an energy in in the the figure of a person walking Mm. to this energy wall with that. Yeah, so that was my experience and I wanted to go in. And I was told twice, it isn't your time, it isn't your
0: time so you you get kind of slammed back into your body and you start feeling all the wonderful things we have down here um including pain um when you finally start to recover and get out of you're out of the coma but you're still in the hospital uh and dealing with your recovery how much of this did you start to go did i dream all of this how did you psychologically start to process and begin to process this experience because it is intense brother. This is an intense near-death experience. I've heard a lot of them, this is an intense one. And you went through a lot of of stuff, a good, bad, and in, in, in the middle as well. So how did you begin to process this? Okay, well,
1: fortunately for me, I heard this is a rebirth as I kind of was coming to. I heard this is a rebirth and um, there was a lot going on. I was wired up. I was, my body, I couldn't move. And, um, but my mind was sharp. It came, I came back with information. And Alex, here's the thing. You know, when you've had such a divine experience and the point is to remember who we truly are, divine love and light, it's so powerful. You know, it's not you think, could have been is it you just simply know to know and the truth is yeah and in a way there's a part of me that just wants to know and not even talk about it just to know because sometimes to talk about things people are gonna have a lot of questions nothing wrong with that people try to dilute it nothing wrong with that but you just simply know and you just stay within that knowing because you know then what's beautiful when you realize people are experiencing this all the time. You're not the first. We go, <laughs> okay, there it is. Like how many how many good information that we can receive and know to better us, like really, and sit in that knowing and go, yeah, yeah, there's enough of it here for people to know, yes, we are divine love and to remember that and know that, if I can't touch, taste and feel it, there's something else going on, you know? This is really important that we remember that. So even though the doctors thought it was a bit woo-woo, even some of my friends around me, because I was coming in and I was talking it, I was writing it, I was compelled to write and I was writing, it. and once I could move because it took about two, three months, something like that. I was in ICU for five months and then it took me a good while. I'm trying to think of five minutes. Anyways, I was writing. And I just knew it was. It's lovely when you come from a situation like that when it's fresh. That's, I'm sure, how babies feel. They come in with all this knowing, and by the time they reach a certain age, they've been in a date with all this information. (laughs) You know, I could really see it. You're so sensitive and you're so vulnerable that you can see how easy it is for your mind to be, you know, programmed or how we take in information and start doubting ourselves. I could see it because I was coming from such a fresh, um, experience and a a fresh understanding to people almost convincingly, you sure? Even the doctors said to me, um, you know, Larry, what you've been through is so traumatic. We think we suggest when I've seen hospital, you know, watch some um, videos on trauma. And I said, trauma? I said, I wouldn't associate what I went through as trauma. It's a rebirth. And they said, you think of it like that? I said, no, I really do. Like, I know that. And I was, I threw them because I was sitting enough in my divinity to understand this is who i truly am and not everybody's going to see this and not everybody's going to relate to this but you just it's a knowing alex it's just a knowing
0: so why do you think this happened to you because i always near-death experiences a lot of times not everybody but a lot of times it's because you're going the wrong way And it's a way to kind of slap you around and kind of slap you back on the road that you agreed to be on in this life. So for you, I mean, you went through a whole lot of stuff that normal normal near-death experiences uh, and the years don't go through. So why do you believe that you went through this experience? I came to understand it was on my timeline. It's for personal
1: reasons. It's because I needed to just show up in life stop hiding behind things because I people just in a good way I'm I consider myself to be of good of heart let's just say Mm -hmm. that and I really got to experience that with what I went through and how so many people showed up and people who who didn't had never met me so that was a good reference for me to know how I walk the life but I know my downfall is I don't show up I tend to hide behind things and stuff like that I needed to show up so I had to confront so many fears and experiences and stuff like that to become the better version of myself whilst I'm still living. True, truly, Alex, because I've been in really, really good situations in this life, and I tend to um, um, just not accept them because of one thing or another. Another story to do with what they would term it when I was 22, a meltdown, which I found out was my wake up and I had high anxiety, and I had a lot of great opportunities. And for years, it took me years to understand, and I wasn't showing up. Mm -hmm. So by confronting most of my biggest fears and humiliation tests and stuff like that, you come back in a way that you're appreciative of life, you realize your strengths. And and now I admit my strengths. People who know me and have met me a long way always say that you're You know, they say certain points about me, but it's more of a shyness about me or I play things down. And I like that about me because I don't need to shout things from a rooftop. I'm genuinely that type of guy, can say that. But I can honestly now say, I'm actually very comfortable to to see myself, you know, in rooms doing talks that uplift other people. Charity work that I'm working with now, I'm um, spearheading um, some charity work too. Get an ECMO machine that helps save my life in the hospital, but I'm standing up for it and voicing and being passionate about it. Where I'd kind of be more passive, let's say, I'm more active.
0: That's... So it, it. What's interesting about you, lyric, is as well is that you are pretty fresh. You're the I I think you're the freshest near death experiencer I've had on the show. Meaning that it's it's only been eight months since yeah. you went through this experience. So what I find fascinating about your story as well is that. You did not hesitate to come out publicly. You did not hesitate to tell everybody around you uh, and then also do interviews and 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 go you are out there really quickly, where a lot of new death experiences sometimes take decades. Obviously, there's a lot more information out there. It's a lot more accepted nowadays, yeah. but you're still moving pretty fast, man. Why did you decide to go so quickly to be public, to help others? to do what you're doing, many, like I said, many of them hold back for years, just to kind of process it. But you were able to go through this pretty quickly, arguably since you also went through a very long near death experience over three months. So it's maybe that's a processing that you did on the other side. I don't know. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: Two things there is I've always been able to receive messages. It's a Mm. gift or whatever Mm. anybody wants to call it. I do nothing with it. Nothing Mm. with it. I really do. I've been able to communicate in a way, not channeling, not my thing. And I think it's a beautiful thing that people do all that. I think it's beautiful. Just information, done nothing with it. And coming back. And how I feel, life's sped up, anyways. I feel things around me and life in general. Just things seem to be happening so quick. Technologies and everything and everything and everything. It's not even about sitting and pondering anymore. Of shall I do this? Shall I do that? I'm a musician. I make music. I've been making music all my life. I've been given great opportunities, and here I am, still trying to move my music on online and stuff like that. Because that that actually says how I am as a person. So. If I know what I know and my experience is going to uplift humanity in some way, help another, let people understand more, I'd be a reminder just to show up in my divine state, and somebody else can remember their divinity. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Do I need to wait a year or two and stuff before? No way. No, I've done it all my life, Alex. I've done it with my music. I've done it with um, being able to communicate in the past out of experiences that I've had, and just stay stum about it and get on with life. Like I said be very very passive and to, and I kid you not it's 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 beautiful sometimes to just say to yourself i want to know what it looks like to really really show up and with all the fears that i have and i've had for many years panic attacks all the above just show up and talk what i know and be okay in it, and feel steady in it, I'm doing it. And I'm, 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 I'm gonna continue to do it. Good things are coming from me showing up because yeah. I've been shown through my experiences that I can do this and I should never doubt myself. And it wasn't just about me, it was about all of us. All of us are here to do great things. We have forgotten to some degree, and it's not some. I was told every single one of us, serves a purpose. Isn't that beautiful Mm -hmm. to really hear and understand? Because Mm -hmm. some people truly, like every single one of us, like this this puzzle, we're all a piece of the grand puzzle. Isn't that lovely to know? So do I show up and talk my stories of anxieties and had to come off tours with people because I couldn't handle things. And I felt ashamed for so many years, I couldn't talk about it. And now I'm gonna talk about it because it does help. And it's helped me when I've heard other people's stories. Sure, I'm showing up. So, no, I wasn't waiting. Sorry, Alex, I don't know if I'm eating up time here, but I just want to say, I'm doing charity work right now that is going to make a difference. That's all I'm going to say on the the matter. And if that's me looking for opportunities to jump on the back of something, and that's how people want to view it, so be it. My heart is pure, man. And I've always known that, but I was afraid to expose it, let's say, and show that side of me. I hid behind so many things, and I just... I'm ready to tell my truth from my perspective and my experiences. I'm okay to talk about it. I'm
0: okay. So it sounds like this was a wake up call. This was a complete wake up call. It it was a grabbing you by the shoulders and shaking. you, Yeah, yeah. uh, To get you to get back on a path where so you have been given gifts, and you had been given opportunities, and yet you kept quiet. So this yeah. time, after this, now you're like, I'm not gonna stay quiet anymore. I've been quiet most of my life. I can't do this yeah. anymore, and that's why you're out yeah. in the way you are. It's it's a beautiful, it's beautiful. It's it's really, really beautiful because so many, so many times, hopefully somebody listening right now will listen to that because sometimes we're given opportunities and gifts, and we're afraid to take advantage of them. We're afraid yeah. to put ourselves out there. We're afraid yeah. to do things, and those opportunities will only stick around. For so long until yeah. you finally either you know figure it out or it'll move on, and that's where regret comes in, and that's where anger comes in, and because you were afraid of putting yourself out there. I'm an artist as well, I've been an artist all my life, brother. You know, and look at you, and, and, and as and if
1: look at you, shine, Alex. How beautiful. You know, I appreciate beautiful. that. Beautiful. But, but I've
0: been I've been an artist and a filmmaker, uh and a writer all my life, and look, man, this show, it took me forever to agree to do this show in the way that it's being done now because I was afraid. And I needed to get past that fear of what people would think and what I'm going to do and all this stuff. And the moment I I just said, I'm open. That's when the life changed for me. My life completely changed so radically because of that. And it's a lesson that I, I bring into this conversation because it's a lesson that so many of us allow fear to stop us from everything, and especially artists. Don't even get me started. I mean, I've been around artists well, in the music industry, in the right. film industry. I've I've talked to the biggest and the best, and i talked to people just starting out. I've, I've, I've had relationships with everything in between. And I've just seen it again and again, yeah. how fear and ego get in the Absolutely. way. Absolutely.
1: So, so i Alex, hope that you, okay. uh-huh. you in particular and your wonderful show next level soul honestly if i'm truly honest has really helped me to be able to do this
0: oh my god because
1: thank you. Alex, i'm going to share some with you honestly it took me a lot to show up today it took me a lot to show up today let's just say that my friend it took me a lot and i'm so happy just to have met you for what you've given to me oh, continue you. you are a beautiful spirit man and lots of people are talking about it and know it what you've done and i love the fact when you started sharing your story i realized with your interviews you started sharing a story of that you're a filmmaker and you've done x y and z and your friends so and so and all of that stuff i'm glad that you were telling your personal story and you weren't just asking all the questions all the time because it was that that gave me also permission that i can promote myself. I can do this because I'm trying to do this. I mean, in the best way, because the truth is, you're here to help. That's it, in a nutshell, that's your job. And that's how I feel. I feel like I'm here to be of service. And I couldn't get my head around it because I got caught up in, well, is it egotistic? You know, you know the, the battle with the ego oh, that we have?
0: Oh, oh, hello,
1: yeah. like, yeah. hello, it's like, and I was, it's okay. And so I watch people like your good self and go, they're giving us permissions. It's okay. His intentions are beautiful, and it helps so many. It's okay. My heart is pure. I know that I'm here for that, and that's why I showed up. Believe me, well, on that, Alex.
0: I, I I appreciate that very much, sir. And 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 I, you know, when I do this, I do it from even when I tell my stories, I do it in service of the audience. It's not to feed my feel, ego. We feel it. We yeah. feel it. Come on, yeah. man. I, yeah, I don't feel, feel. I don't need. It. I I don't need to tell my stories again and again. I've I've done. Listen, at this point, 1,400 episodes of, of, of content between this this show and all my other shows. So I don't need to keep saying it. <laughs> I'm good, but Alex, I do it. Please do, please yeah, do. No, no, no. For every
1: newcomer, for every newcomer, it's, I it's important. I appreciate that, but I, do it for,
0: but I do it for service of the show and service of the topic of what we're talking and about. And it
1: comes across that way. It I appreciate does. that.
0: I appreciate it's helped, that very it's helped
1: me because. You were a deciding factor of how you said that I've come quite quickly out my situation because I wasn't going to stay at home tilling my thumbs, you know, complaining because my my lungs need another, according to doctors, another five years to heal and my feet that are numb, you know. And I was like, I'm going to sit here in that formation. I'm going to do something. <laughs> so you keep, please, really, oh, man. Appreciate the work you, my is friend. beautiful. And I'm so grateful to you. You would never I, know.
0: I, pre- yeah. I truly appreciate that, my friend uh well listen i'm going to ask you a few questions i ask all of my guests as you know uh what is your definition of living a fulfilled life just to show up
1: and get on with life and no longer be afraid of it that's it just to show up
0: if you had a chance to go back in time and speak to little lark what advice would you give him
1: you got this i'm gonna love you as an adult we
0: good how do you define god
1: my romantic idea of God would be like nature, and how a seed becomes a flower, and the wisdom and intelligence that happens there. That's how I would view God romantically, liken him to nature, the beautiful parts of nature. But spiritually, for me, the source, the source of all that is, that we're all an extension of.
0: And how do you, and, and what is the ultimate purpose of life? Again, just to show up become and, and, and expand it's for it's for the
1: expansion of consciousness
0: and what is the greatest um what is the greatest one thing that you pulled from this experience
1: that we are divine and that we are truly love and everything else is between are just the lessons
0: and where can people find out more about you your charity and the work that you're doing we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor Now, back to the show.
1: Right. The charity that I'm doing, I've called it the Balearic Ec- ECMO Project because we want to finance a 40,000 machine from a hospital. Really quickly, Alex, because there was only four in all of the Balearic Islands. When I got to hospital, um, six of us needed it. Only two of us could. Two of the existing four are not very good machines. So there's that. And there's a little kid that I've recently met, met through his father, little baby, who used the machine and will need it again. So that's that. I wasn't going to do a GoFundMe fund just and say, give me money to write the book because I'm trying to write the book. So I've got my Bandcamp page with my music that I've written some covers and people can purchase my songs, whatever they want to pay there. That money will pay for my um, co ghostwriter because I've never written the book but I want to write this and get it out there. That will finance that and promotions that need to be done around that. So you can find my music and help out that way, if you want, that's just
0: there because, and uh,
1: yeah, Facebook, and it's always Larry Banks, official Larry Banks. And
0: And what's the website? And you didn't say the website, what's the website? Oh,
1: it's Bandcamp. So it's bandcamp.com forward slash Larrake Banks. Okay. Bandcamp.com forward slash Larry Banks. And if and you could put a link up, that'd be great. I'll put links
0: great. in the show notes so everybody can Listen see now. it. And do you have any parting messages for the audience, my friend?
1: Be love. Be be, be the loving light that we truly came to be. And, 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 and let fear subside. Really. And let's see what it looks like from that platform. Let's see what it looks like. I'm not here to change the world. I'm just here to be as much as my loving self as I can be and see it in other people and let's see what it looks like and see what we build from there that's
0: it Clark, i appreciate you so much for coming on the show nice. sharing
1: and me you, and, me, you. and, I, yeah, and me.
0: sharing your story with everybody and the bravery that it takes to come out and, and put yourself out there i know what it's like so i appreciate you and the the work that you're doing in the world my friend thank you again
1: bless your heart alex thank you for your time as well thank you so much
0: I want to thank Lyric so much for sharing his story with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 316. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey.